0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with CEO and founder of Consent Labs, Angie Wang. Angie is the 2022 New South Wales Young Woman of the Year in recognition for all the work she has been doing around consent education. On today's show, we'll be covering what Consent Labs is doing, the role that parents and teachers play in consent education, and how you can have a conversation with your kids around this important topic. You're listening to
1: Coochie Voice. I think back then a lot of decision-makers were really scared to rock the boat and to potentially open up a can of worms as they saw it, and so really swept under the rug the real prevalence of, of harassment and assault that's being experienced by young people. Who's best placed to deliver this? Is it teachers? Because we know teachers are feeling really overworked and really overwhelmed at the moment. Or is it potentially a partnership with, with people like Consent Labs to ensure that teachers feel supported? It needs to be reinforced, those messages need to be reinforced in a home environment because parents you know, are role models for their for their kids or for their children. Angie,
0: welcome to Coochie Voice. How are you going today?
1: I'm good, Marjorie. It's a Friday, so I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a privilege to have you here. 2022 New South Wales Young Woman of the Year. You're awarded that in recognition for Consent Labs. Now, Consent has been a really big conversation, not only in our community, but across New South Wales, across Australia over the last few years. Let's get into it. What is Consent Labs?
1: Consent Labs is a youth-led not-for-profit and we deliver consent education to the community. So our passion is really young people. That's, you know, why we started Consent Labs in the first place was wanting to give students in schools really proactive consent education that we felt like they deserved but they weren't getting to ensure that young people understood their rights, they understood the laws around consent and they understood where to seek support if they needed it so that when they go out into the world and they have sexual experiences, they're having really positive ones. You said consent education
0: that they're not getting. Mm. I can think about what consent education looked like for me. It was completely yep. non-existent. Yeah, I went to a private Catholic girls' school. Sex was really taught from just a biological perspective, mm. this is what sex is, this is how a baby is made. Yep. There was really very little conversation even within my school around contraception, let alone consent mm. or pleasure. Why is it needed now?
1: I mean it's needed because my consent education was exactly the same as yours, it was non-existent. So I graduated from high school in 2014 and at that point in time it was still the same really biological sex ed conversations that were happening i didn't even hear the word consent in my schooling experience at all and so in 2016 when i was at university i was living on campus and coming to terms with the fact that hey consent's actually really important in all of these experiences why haven't i been taught this why why didn't my school teach me that, that this was so important that was really the moment in which i was like okay, this is what young people need to be hearing. It's not about the really biological, this is how sex works. It's what are the conversations around consent that make you feel really safe and respected and make it more enjoyable in the end? Let's just pull it back and dumb it down a little bit. Mm. What is consent? Consent is permission to do something. So it's something that we see in our everyday experiences. You know, when you ask a friend, hey, can I take a picture with you? Can we go out to the movies together? Can I borrow your pair of jeans? It's asking permission to do something and that other person agreeing freely and voluntarily. And those same concepts, those same principles apply when it comes to sexual experiences. So giving permission for someone to do something that is freely and voluntarily given. There's been
0: a fair bit of public discourse and polarising discourse around where consent should be taught. There's one school of thought that consent should be taught in the home. That is a parent's responsibility. There is another school of thought that says, well, our educational facilities play a fundamental role in this and it should be part of the curriculum. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it needs to come from all angles. I think that multi-site approach or the whole of community approach is ultimately how you push for societal change because you can't just teach consent in isolation you need to teach on things like respectful relationships you know gendered violence gender stereotypes like all of those sort of larger constructs also need to be talked in parallel with consent education and I think students or young people learn from multiple forms Um, they learn from parents but they also learn from school they learn from social media so I think consent education or respect for relationships education needs to come out in all forms of teaching so for those who believe that it should be taught in the school curriculum I agree I think that's one really good way to ensure that education is standardized so every single student across Australia receives that education and hopefully receives it to the same quality but I mean having said that it needs to be reinforced those messages need to be reinforced in a home environment because parents you know, are role models for their, for their kids or for their children. And so if a child's learning about consent at school, but then it's not being reflected in the home, then it, the message isn't going to land as strongly. You speak
0: about it being reflected in the home. I personally also think it needs to be reflected in our broader society. Mm. We talk about consent, we talk about respectful relationships. When we're operating within a societal framework where there are still pay gaps between men and women, uh, Indigenous women and white women, refugees, non-refugees, a complicated question that I'm getting to, which is how do we address consent, respectful relationships, while we still have a societal framework which facilitates inequality?
1: I think, you know, for young people it's recognising that they don't just have to accept the status quo, and that's, that shouldn't just be the norm. So, you know, they're hopefully brought up in a school and a home environment that teaches them about how to engage in respectful relationships and, and what to expect out of a healthy relationship. Because I think currently not a lot of people are able to identify what makes a healthy relationship or what traits are potentially really toxic. And I think having that, that understanding first and foremost, is really important. So then when you go out into the world, you leave school, you're able to actually enact change in those like larger societal constructs that you were talking about. But, I mean, having said that, it's a, a long-term generational change that is going to take a while for us to see the impacts of. But, I mean, this education doesn't need to be isolated just to the school environment. This education could be rolled out in workplaces, as an example, because you know, there's whole generations of people that didn't receive good consent education like you and I who were just, you know, going through the world, playing out the relationship, the relationships that we saw from our parents or from, you know, role models that we had. So I think education needs to happen for people who have already left school as well. And at what age do you think consent education should start? From when a child is really young. Like I know a lot of schools are starting to embed Consent principles from kindergarten upwards, and it's obviously not in relation to sexual experiences at that age. It's about concepts in terms of, you know, bodily autonomy and understanding how to say no if something doesn't feel comfortable for you. So I think those principles can be embedded and reinforced by parents from a really young age.
0: Kindergarten, we're talking about consent don't touch me. Mm. Do I want to play with you? Do I feel comfortable? At what point? should we be introducing sex or sexuality as part of that conversation?
1: So Consent Labs works in the high school space only at the moment. We don't do any younger than Year 7. We start to introduce topics of sex from Year 7 onwards but I mean, at that point, students are already aware of sex and romantic relationships because they've already been exposed to it through the internet. And I remember being taught about what sex was back in year five and year six. So I think there's definitely room to start exploring concepts of sexuality and gender identity and you know how you identify as an individual in in primary school, and then start to really draw out, you know, how consent and what respect looks like in in romantic relationships in in high school space. There's a fair bit
0: of discussion around who should be teaching consent Mm. uh, in schools. Are teachers the appropriate people to be teaching it?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Marjorie. I think teachers are in many ways best placed to be delivering this education if they're really well equipped to be doing so. I think this is a really specialist area of education. You can't just talk to issues of consent, sexual harassment and assault without understanding the language, the terminology that you should be using as well as you know the laws and the various support services that you can lean on. So I think if teachers are trained and supported and comfortable in delivering this education, then they would be best placed because they have that relationship with students. They're able to ensure that ongoing support is there and open up that dialogue continuously throughout the school year. But I think, unfortunately, that's not a reality at this point in time. Teachers don't feel ready or comfortable or confident to be able to talk to consent education, which is where people like us, like Consent Labs, who are specialists in this area and in this education, come in. So it's I think it's really about working together, working in partnership between external providers who, you know, this is their bread and butter, and with teachers to make sure that a student feels really supported in this education. So what is unique about Consent Labs and the way that you deliver consent education? Consent Labs is really unique because we're youth-led. So our consent curriculum was developed by young people in partnership with industry experts, but the curriculum really started with what do young people want to know? What questions do young people have around consent and respect for relationships? And our programs are also delivered by young people as well, which you don't often see, but I think it really creates that opportunity for relatability and meaningful engagement with students that we speak to because they see a little bit of themselves in our facilitators. And we really intimately understand the lived experience and the challenges that they're facing and the questions that they have. So I think we're able to give them that connection where sometimes it can be harder with either like an older presenter or a teacher who maybe doesn't really get what they're going through. We started the conversation
0: by talking about the fact that there's been a lot of dialogue about consent over the last
1: few years. Mm. Have you noticed a change? For sure. I mean, we started Consent Labs in 2016, so it's been a while. And part of the reason why it has been so long is because no one wanted to talk about consent. There were a good few years where we would approach schools or we would approach universities and the response was always, we're good. Like, we don't need to be talking more about sex or consent education. It's not necessary. And it definitely doesn't need to be delivered by young people. I think back then, a lot of decision makers were really scared to rock the boat and to potentially open up a can of worms as they saw it. And so really swept under the rug the real prevalence of of harassment and assault that's being experienced by young people. So... We've definitely come a long way since 2016, which is honestly amazing to see. And it's, it's really thanks to young people and how powerful their voices have been. What else needs to happen, though, from your perspective? So we've seen that a consent curriculum will be mandated from kindergarten up until year 10. That's coming out at the federal level and then it's implemented at a state and a territory level. I'm interested to see what that implementation looks like. I think that's the most important factor in ensuring that young people get good quality consent education. And, you know, to the point that we were speaking about earlier, it's who's best place to deliver this. Is it teachers? Because we know teachers are feeling really overworked and really overwhelmed at the moment. Or is it potentially a partnership with with people like Consent Labs to ensure that teachers feel supported? Angie,
0: There are a lot of parents that listen to Coogee Voice uh, and would be interested and would like some advice. What would be the three things you would be giving to parents as they're maybe thinking about or seeking to have dialogue with their children around consent?
1: I think the first thing would be start younger than you'd probably think or you'd probably feel comfortable to. Obviously, you can make it age-appropriate, but... Um, your child will be coming across these sorts of things, whether it's you know through friends or through the internet, so probably want to start younger than than you'd think. Secondly, don't underestimate your role as a role model to your children. You know, they pick up on the way that you engage in relationships and the way that you handle conflict and respect or don't respect boundaries. So I think, those unspoken signals are really important and I think thirdly it's actually a really good opportunity that you should take to speak to your kids about consent education or relationships because then you have the chance to also impart your values as a part of that conversation like you're the ones that you know ultimately want to instill really good and really strong values in your kids so it's a good opportunity to do so. And I might just add a fourth one there because I've, I've just thought of it. But take everyday things that come up as the spark for these sorts of conversations. So, you know, whether you're sitting down and you're watching maths or you're watching The Bachelor with your child, like use that as a prompt to start a conversation. like. What do you think of the way that these two interacted or what did you think of that comment that that person just made or even you know songs that you hear on the radio you can use that as a prompt for a conversation so like look for things that happen in the everyday to hopefully help make those conversations feel a little bit more natural and hopefully a little bit less awkward Good advice
0: Angie Thank you so much for coming on to Coogee Voice. If teachers, parents, schools are looking to find out more about Consent Labs and how they can engage with your platform, where should they head to?
1: Head to our website, so www.consentlabs.org.au or also head to our Instagram. We put out a bunch of educational resources on there for young people, for parents and for educators as well and also a lot of fun stuff on there. Angie, thanks for joining
0: us on Coogee Voice.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: What an inspiring woman. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Consent Labs, check them out online at consentlabs.com.au. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.